Hey guys, G here from the Way Within Podcast. We took a little break. We're ready for season number two. And today our first episode is going to be with an amazing guest. His name is Professor Spira. He is an advocate of the Mucusus Diet Healing System. This is uh, his book here. Um, the Mucusus Diet Healing System is um, something that was created uh, by a guy named uh, Professor Arnold Eret, um, who was really big on fasting for physical, mental, spiritual rejuvenation. And his diet um, was also called the Mucusus Diet, which basically categorized foods into either mucus forming or um, non-mucus forming. It's a very simplified version. So um, it's basically a really simplified form of veganism. And he was seeing crazy transformation. Um, Spirit alone, when he switched to this, lost over 110 pounds, lost seven inches on his waist. He got off pharmaceutical medications, um, his allergies, migraines went away. So many different transformations, not only did he see, but also in the people that helped him. Some of you might be wondering also why the break, you know, I've been working on a lot of new projects. Um, we've got a new brand. If you watch this online, you'll see the new logo. Um, working on some personal projects here in the city of Toronto. And I just need some time to sort of step back and uh, figure out some things and how I want to move forward. And I'm so excited about all these new things I'm going to be sharing with you guys. So without further ado, I bring to you Professor Spira, the Mucus Diet Healing System. So enjoy the podcast and I will see you on the other side. Peace. You are ready? To wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. And uh, since you're all here and engaged in this sort of inquiry and listening to this sort of lecture, I assume that you're all on the process of waking up. And as you wake up, a funny thing starts to happen. You'll start to see the world in a different light. And eventually when you're ready, you'll start to look within. Who are you? This show was created to assist you on your journey. Welcome to The Way Within. Here today is Professor Spira. He is an author and a really inspirational guy, among other things. A, a great musician, I hear. I haven't heard any of his music yet. Um, and he's an author of a book called Pro Spira Speaks, um, and he's also annotated a bunch of Arnold Eret's work as well. And uh, how, how did those books come together? It was a collaboration, I guess, of, of his work and some of your notes as well? Yes, uh, the uh, annotated or uh, Professor Arnold Eret's Mucus's Diet Healing System, annotated, revised, and edited by Professor Spira, is in the tradition of the great annotated works of literature and uh, the historical, you know, biblical works and all that kind of stuff where people have come and given an analysis and contemporary insights and commentary to existing important works. And so I feel like Professor Eric's work really, if anybody deserved uh, that kind of treatment, uh, then his, his work could use a good annotated version. And I agree a hundred percent. Um, and I love the way you phrase that. So, um, Professor Spira has an amazing story he's going to share with us today about his life journey, um, how he found out about Arnold Eretz, Professor Eretz's work, and um, he's going to tell you about what that entails, what is the mucusis diet. So welcome to the show, um, and please tell us a bit about yourself and uh, a little bit of your backstory. So I grew up in a suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was always overweight and also suffered from a lot of ailments in my family. 
a, a lot of my family members took medications. My mother was really ill and she was in and out of the hospital. There was one year she actually w- had the ambulance called for, I think, uh, 200 times that year. Wow. Every day uh, she had went into the hospital and uh, this was like documented. My aunt had documented all this. Um, so growing up, I was I was in those environments a lot. I was in hospitals just visiting my mom. And uh, and, and so seeing her like that, I thought that being sick was just that was normal. Like that uh, being in that kind of, you know, taking pills every day, I started taking uh, something called Seldane for my so-called allergies when I was seven years old. And then I, they took that off the market cause it was killing people or something. And I started taking Allegra D and Zyrtec and Claritin. And I went through the whole thing. I, I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> an experiment for the doctors. They just say, well, if, if it wasn't perfect, it's like, well, we'll try this. It's like, well, how do you feel? Well, I don't it feel better. I do get nosebleeds every day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the Allegra, that was <laughs> the Allegra D was good for for nosebleeds and nasonex and all that. So so I grew up in that mode, and as I, I played football and I worked out a lot. So in in high school, you know, I kind of had a little control. I don't know if you say control of my weight, but it was just I within the framework of the way people look at body types and stuff. You know, I was just this big football player, so that was acceptable for me to kind of be like that. When I went to college, I went to study music, the College Conservatory of Music, and I wasn't working out as much. I was practicing like <laughs> almost 18 hours a day, it seemed like, on my trombone. And so I was starting to develop the double chin, and it was, it was just getting, uh, it, it was getting bad. And I just, I'd kind of given up because before that I had tried all kinds of, you know, like I did the pill, the diet pill, and I tried different diets. And, uh, at that time, that's when the, the Atkins diet got real. I never tried that. Cause even then that sounded idiotic to me, but, uh, that was real popular at the time. And, uh, but, so I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm gonna just eat what I eat and just, and I, and, and that's going to be that. And, uh, I've met uh, a guy by the name of Willie Smart, AKA brother air, who had practiced the mucus diet at that time for over 20 years. And he basically just laid the book on us or told, told us about the book, me and my friend Ryan, saxophone player. And we, you know, at first I, I just heard him talking about it and I knew that this was different than all this other stuff that I'd been into, that this was going to be like that special golden key sort of almost secret like not a you know that's because it wasn't a lot of people that know about it still not a lot of people know about it in comparison to other things but um so i I just i I knew it changed my life so i read read the book and i started the transitional process and the fasting process and uh cutting out the pus and mucus forming foods out of my diet the meat and the dairy and i did it systematically it wasn't cold you know so what do you mean about pus and mucus forming foods for those people that don't know like Tell us a little bit about that, because that that sounds disgusting. First of all, but, but <laughs> you, so you're meaning that foods are causing us is creating this within us. Want to elaborate on that a little bit more? So there's uh, some people kind of get this confused because they say well, mucus forming. They'll think automatically about 
the snot and all that kind of stuff that are that's lymphatic related. Uh, it's there's two components to it. So if you think of a mucus forming food item, it's any food item that will decay down into this slimy sludge. So compare, say, a piece of bread. Most people, if they've had bread or a white, white, some white bread, if you put that in water and let it sit there, it's gonna turn into some slime. You know, it's, it's gonna be slimy. You know, it's not gonna, <laughs> uh, it's not gonna just be uh, uh, just just nice and you can go away. It's gonna leave behind this slimy residue. Whereas if you were to do the same thing with a grape or a strawberry or an apple it will not turn into that slime. It's going to degrade into a, uh, a substance that is uh, uh, much, much easier to eliminate in terms of the body. So you can imagine when you eat mucus-forming foods, this residue, even if you're having regular bowel movements, uh, there is a slimy residue that starts to build up. And over time, just as in with your kitchen sink or your bathtub, that pipe your intestine starts to just you know get just bogged up with all this stuff and that's when you know a lot of people have problems i don't know what the statistics are of all the, the numbers of people that uh just have just colon problems like we're dying of colon problems and that kind of stuff that's why that we're not built and created to be able to handle these abominable foods <laughs> stuff that we're calling food that has nothing to do with food mm. uh now pus forming specifically is talking about meat and dairy products uh animal products because uh uh the the pus it, that w that old dead and decaying tissue and flesh and blood uh, uh, basically pusifies if i can create a word <laughs> here on the spot uh and so and then on top of that, you you know, you, you cook it uh, and it's just it's basically pure pus. It's like taking I mean, it, it is it's just taking a piece of tissue is, is flesh and it, it's just this decaying. As soon as the animal dies, it's it's decaying. And so you we're, we're feeding ourselves with this decaying flesh that is very it's it's worse than just straight mucus forming food because uh, it's very concentrated, you know, that the kind of mucus and the kind of stuff is very concentrated. And all of these things, when it just sits in your gut or in your intestines, eventually it starts to become more and more acidic. And that's where you hear a lot of people talking about uh, acids and alkaline and all this kind of stuff. All pus and mucus forming foods, if they stay in your body too long and, and they're not able to eliminate, become acid forming foods and will create that acidosis all throughout your body, uh, stop your lymphatic system up and so on and so forth. And then you just have the, the encumbered constipated humans that we, uh, wow. <laughs> we wow. love today. Yeah. So, so, so that's where you were at. So back to your stories, you started eliminating these things out of your diet. So I, at your worst or lowest point before you had this, what, what were you at? What were you feeling like? So for other people who might be there right now listening, Tell us what, what that was like as, as, and continue your story from that point when you started eliminating them. Like When it came to health, it, uh, it was definitely a hopeless kind of feeling, but, but I'm, I tend to be a positive person. So even I basically just accepted it. 
Whereas some people would maybe get, they would just be depressed and kind of defeated. I was like, you know what? I'm a musician. I'm going to just play music until I die. And I might be this big old chunk <laughs> sitting there playing an instrument. Uh, but I'm going to just make my music and that's going to be that. But, but, but at the same time, you know, I did have a moment. I was in a practice room practicing and it was after I had read the Mucus's Diet book and I'd already sort of dabbled a little bit and tried to start, a, start the process of changing my diet. And uh, I looked in this mirror that was there and it was all broken. It looked like someone had hit it with their fist or something. And at that moment, I just had a change. I just saw something and I looked at myself and I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make something happen. And, uh, and, and then after that, I, I just really got really serious. Uh, you know, the social dynamic, I, I handled that in a way that I don't necessarily recommend other people handle it like that, but understand that you have to handle it in some way, whatever is fitting for your own personality. I was pretty hardcore with it, uh, at least some people say, because especially back then in 2002, uh, all of this acceptance for plant-based diets and all this stuff that's happened over the past five, six, seven years was not around then. And so you really was, I mean, you were not being shown any love for trying to, to heal yourself, even though you're losing weight and you think people would reach out to you and kind of pat you on the back and be like, ah, good for you. Yeah, it wasn't like that for me, you know, in the beginning, it was very people looking at me real scared and people looking at me with that look, or or haters that are, ah, oh, you can't do it. Uh, that's that's a yeah, it's a mess, you know. What do you mean you don't want pizza? We're all having pizza and beer, man. What do you mean you don't want pizza? What happened to you, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like I'm looking ten times better, and I'm feeling better, and that's exactly what they say. Like, well, what happened to you? Yeah. And uh, what's, uh, you know, because there's, it's definitely a situation where. The, uh, you know, the cr crabs in the basket and everybody's uh, wants you to suffer with them. You know, don't leave. And food is such a social experience and phenomenon in terms of just the culture and connecting you to people. And uh, it, even the, um, uh, uh, you know, just just everything seems to revolve around food. So when you take that out because I stopped going to restaurants. Now, not everybody that practices a mucus's diet totally scraps restaurants and these and there wasn't no vegan restaurants back then around. Uh, so these days you can do. But that's another trap. You, you know, that there's a whole other topic is like the vegan trap. You don't want to get trapped in a lot of the, the soy products and the processed uh, cheeses, fake cheeses and all that kind of stuff too all long. The grains, you know? the grains, the grains. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. And so but I would rather see somebody eating that kind of stuff than the straight pus mucus. Pus yeah. pus so, so did you have to get all new friends? Because a lot of people that ask me, you know, like I just went through a 54-day fast. And I, re I really saw that, you know, not eating at all. You see the social context. You feel it. You know, you feel emotionally like, wow, you know, I, I don't know what's, what's more important, my social life or my health. You know, you feel it on a different level. Um, so did you have to give up a lot of your friends? Did you have to make new friends? What was that like? I, I was open to it, and that's what I'm talking about, where I was a little more hardcore than a lot of people. So for for me, for the people that weren't on board or if there was going to be any kind of negative energy, that, that was that was out. <laughs> you know, they was going to be out of my life. Like, See you later. 
really even give it any kind of emotional thought or anything like that. It was just like, that's how it's going to be. And the one thing I had going for me as a musician and artist, kind of given within some circles, you're kind of given that latitude to just be kind of different. And just like, oh, that's that's an artist. Like, you're like, okay, that's that's that's. And uh, but but yeah, I I really didn't hang. I was either with musicians, uh, and and at the college I went to, you don't really have any free time to yourself. I mean, you pretty much, it's a total immersive experience in music, and that's what you know. I think I forget what the percentage was, but the majority. It's almost more than half of the people that show up freshman year quit the program. I mean, it's one of the most rigorous academic music programs in the in the country. And so uh, you really don't have a whole lot of time to be hanging out and that kind of stuff. And and what I did most of the time, if I was going to do something social, it revolved around me playing music somewhere. So, so I was. So you kept yourself hmm. occupied more or less. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. With with what I'm passionate about. That's one thing that I. Uh, tell people that's real important for them to do is find something that you're passionate about that's not food that's not the diet and all that because that's that has to be there as your foundation but you you gotta get into your stuff yeah Yeah, i think that's key finding that because you know there's there are a lot of amazing things to live for other than the things you think that are just consuming your time like your job and things you eat I, i realized also how much time we spend thinking about food preparing food you know, going for lunch, breaking up your day, and then when you're eating all the cooked and heavy foods, it drains all your energy, and then you you can't function. So, um, all these changes they, they make a big difference. So, tell me a little bit more about. So, you cut this out. What did you see health changing you? How much weight did you lose? Um, did all your issues go away? Like, what was life after then? After this transition, as as you went through it, what were the changes and what changed? Yeah. So the first three months were. Uh, were really the first six months were just really intense, but I was very driven and I, uh, yeah, I started to feel better. I started kind of losing weight, but I also would go through, uh, we, I call, I don't call it sickness. We call it elimination because you're going through an elimination. You're, if you're not putting in the, the stuff that is creating the, this entire experience, then you're eliminating it. And so, Instead of saying, well, I'm, I'm sick. It was like, no, you're going through elimination. So I went through eliminations. I uh, would where we don't get we're not scared of cold and flu like symptoms. I mean, we will embrace it. Say, OK, this is an opportunity for my body to heat itself up, throw off and release all of this waste. Uh, you're going to see all, yeah, I saw all kinds of strings and mucus and parasites and worms and stuff coming out. About two months in, I started doing uh, lemon juice enemas. Now, in the original Mucus's diet book, Eric recommends water enemas. So if you want to be a traditionalist, that's fine. Uh, one of the things that Brother Air and some of the other people that I was around that practiced Mucus's diet, they had adopted lemon juice enemas. And I started experimenting with that. And that totally changed. <laughs> that I mean, that changed. Huge fan. Yeah, after reading your book, I, I changed that up too. And wow, like – you yeah. feel, you feel it like like yeah. where you can hold warm water like no problem that first even 100 mils that first like few ounces you feel something different you know and and you eliminate it in a different way too so yeah yeah big fan also of the lemonas 
Yeah. And so that really changed the game. I mean, it was hard for me. It took me about six months really to totally get off of meat, which is longer than a lot of the people that I work with. Uh, but I wanted to transition in such a way where I made permanent changes, where I wasn't going to be yo-yoing and doing this. And I wasn't going to feel guilty if I did uh, eat something that was for transitional purposes, because there's some non-vegan items that Eric recommends if you need them for the transition. And so I used uh, some of those items and I didn't have no guilt about it. Uh, and I would go p- kind of long periods of time, you know, several weeks without meat. And then I would kind of have meat. And a lot of it was mental. It wasn't even physical. It was just like undoing this mental addiction to something that I don't really need and, uh, and letting go of the belief that you need it. And just so, uh, so there's more than just, okay, I'm changing my diet, uh, uh, being open for the psychological change and the emotional change and the spiritual change. And it's all starts to really happen and you get this momentum going. So, uh, so by six months in, I lost about hundred, 110 pounds and, I got off the CPAP unit. I was I had, had been given a CPAP unit because I snored so bad due to what they called sleep apnea, and, uh, and I was you know 18 years old with this oxygen mask at night to sleep. Uh, that's that's I, normal, I, right? Yeah, right. And that, doesn't everybody do that? It's all it's normal, right? Yeah. And uh, so that was one of the first things that you know I got rid of that. Uh, I'd stopped taking the pharmaceutical medications on my own. I just was like, I'm done. Whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I'm just I'm not taking this no more. Um, and so I was by that spring because I kind of started in the fall. So by that spring, I was uh, you know I, st- I started getting it real heavy uh, sunbathing. I was doing a lot that spring. I did a lot of sunbathing. Uh, I was learning how to fast. I was uh, just just every everything was happening on, on that path. And uh, you know I'd show up to to school and I'm walking around the hallways with uh, with like heads of lettuce and celery and people looking at me like I'm totally crazy. And then I look back like, well, you're the one that's got this bag of chips. Like, look at the ingredients that's in that bag. It's all kinds of stuff that you can't pronounce. I can name this. You know, this, this is a piece of celery. This is lettuce. And so, yeah, so it was it, it was just liberation. My music and art, art, artistry totally improved. I mean, just my clarity, my ability to analyze and think through uh, things. Uh, a lot of me going into higher levels of academia later, I went into master's and I just finished my Ph.D. Uh, last year. That I attribute that to the diet because uh, it freed me up mentally uh, to be able to just understand things and analyze things. And yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I think the 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 saddest thing or the worst thing or about it is that most people are in this prison and they don't even know it. They think that's normal. They think that they think that way or they can't comprehend things a certain way, and that's just the way they are. But there could be multiple layers of higher understanding, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, brain function, by yeah. simply changing the diet. And I, I experienced that too. You know, like I was, I always did well in school, but um, the last, the, these really last two months where I was really fasting and not eating anything, like it was like, 
leaps and bounds compared to anything I had ever experienced, the clarity, just the intuition. So not only analyzing a problem, but also the ability to sort of know which way to go, where I, what I should be doing, you know, like people around me, can I trust them? Like, do I get a good vibe off them? Like all these sort of, um, senses started, uh, arising or in increasing in, in, um, sensitivity as well. And I was like, wow, you know, like, what was making me feel like that? And maybe mm. it was the grains because I was eating a lot of grains as a vegetarian. You know, most vegetarians, they'll switch the meat out for eggs, grains, pastas, rices. And mm. I, I, when I really looked at it, I was still eating just a very little bit of cooked veggies and even smaller amount of raw veggies. And then fruits, yeah, once in a while. But but mm. looking now at reading the mucus's diet, I was like, I'm still doing so much wrong. And I thought, here I am, healthy vegetarian, right? I got I got I got to figure it out, right? But no, yeah. you know, the universe comes and says, hey, here, read read this book here, mucusless diet. Um, so there's something here for you. Um, yeah. So 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 then you decided to dedicate your life to um, to this diet more or less, like uh, being a practitioner. Tell me how that's been for you and helping others. It, it's been interesting because I, if you'd have asked me 20 years ago what's, or told me that I was going to be talking about diet and helping people change their diet and lifestyle, I'd have, we, everybody would have, in the room would have laughed. It, just, it wouldn't even have to know me and everybody would start laughing. Um, the way it happened, I just started answering questions because people with me losing all that weight at first, that would kind of pique people's curiosity. And I had an ability to kind of analyze someone's situation and then kind of give them recommendations like, well, did you think about it like this? Or, well, try this. Or, well, this is what happened to me. What, uh, you know, and this is what, because another thing I did was I studied everybody I could at the time that I knew had either practiced the diet or had tried to do it and failed. I mean, I just studied all these case studies. And so I kind of just had all that in my head. So when I was talking to somebody, I could reference and say, okay, this happened to me. This happened to brother air. This happened to Decora. This is what I've seen other people. You know, I just sort of became this, uh, 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 this person. I just filled my head with all this data about the diet. And, uh, and so as people started to ask me questions, I went online and, there was uh, one kind of obscure forum that wasn't a lot of people there. This was before the Facebook years and stuff. Uh, and I had joined in on that forum. And I noticed there was a lot of people that was in there that really didn't practice the mucus's diet. You had some raw foodists that sort of was would, would give an homage to Eric, but they were kind of – mentally they were on to something else. And, uh, and so – that's when I was kind of like, man, I need to create a, a place where mucus's diet practitioners can find each other and talk and get together. And so uh, that became the Facebook forum later on. And uh, and it's, it's, it's been a trip just watching uh, everything grow because I didn't think I would be doing a lot of what I'm doing now, like publishing the books and consultations and helping people and speaking about the diet I, there was a point where I knew I would eventually do it, but I thought I would do it later in life. Like when I was in my seventies or something, when I, as I would be a professional touring musician and go and do the musician life and then, uh, come back and, and promote the diet. Because at that time, I mean, things were so close minded 
just 10 years ago, I thought that it would at least take 30 or 40 years to get it really to where it is now. I mean, in terms of just open mindedness and people searching and being open to hear this information. And so uh, but I got the message one time I was fasting. I was doing, uh, you know, it was a month or so into fasting and fruit diet period. And I was doing some just meditating and it just came to me. I was like, you need to do this now. You need to put together this book. Because I have documents way even back to 2005, 2004, where I started to kind of mess around with annotations. And I had, you know, notes and all this stuff that I had taken at the time uh, in the book. And uh, I originally I was (laughs) I was even going to go through sentence by sentence and do like with the Bible where it's like verses, every verse is numbered. I, I have I did that to the first chapter, like 2005. I have that document somewhere. And then I was just like, okay, it's probably not necessary. But uh, so, uh, so yeah, so I just went ahead and, and did it. It was, it felt like it was time. And uh, we just been building ever since. And so what is some of the most dramatic cases you've helped people with? Like how, the transformation? Is it, is it mainly weight loss? Is it emotional? Is it like any of the big like diseases, you know, that are out there? Like what have you seen as far as like, What's possible with mucus's diet? I mean, I've just personally helped a lot of people, all those different, I mean, I get case studies of each one of those things that you mentioned. Uh, I, and then there's a lot of people where they'll, they'll tell me that they just read the book or they saw my videos and they sort of took it upon themselves and, and they made drastic transformations. Uh, but I've had people, you know, I don't like to use the disease words that, the medical establishment uses i let them use those words uh they're kind of like cuss words to me so i say you know the c word uh but i've I've worked with people that have had c word and and or have been told that they have that and been told that they have a lot of different things and 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 i take that information into consideration but with the mucus diet healing system you you free yourself up if you can let go of some of these limiting belief systems and you're looking at symptoms and say, well, what, what symptom do you have? Cause even, even the naturopathic world is just as bad these days. They, everybody wants to diagnose people with this, uh, all these words that don't like, Oh, you're leaky gut and this. And, and then they want to sell you something like, well, here, take this. It's, and it's the same consciousness. It's the same, take a pill Take a whether as you know, might this might be this. It's an herbal pill instead of a uh, some some kind of uh, other type of chemistry. But the consciousness to me, we got to change that consciousness. And so that's that's what I try to help people do is let go of that that consciousness. Uh, but it is is very because and we're focused on the lifestyle. It really is about permanently changing your life. I don't treat nothing. I don't treat diseases. You know, I show people. Here are the principles of transformation, of physiological transformation through this diet, you know, through this dietary path. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the only path. I'm just saying I've seen it work <laughs> for me and a lot of other people and that uh, some dramatic changes can definitely happen. So you're saying anything is possible, even the worst of the worst case, if they set the intention and really dive into this mucus, this diet's healing system. Um, anything is possible. That's 
I mean, you have to believe that. I mean, because it is really about, I mean, you have to do the work. Nobody can do the work for you. Uh, we, you can give you some advice and based on your symptoms, say, okay, you probably don't want to do this, but maybe do this and, and, and really work. But you are a pioneer, no matter how you slice it. When you decide to take your health into your own hands and go down this natural healing path, you become a pioneer because in this day and age, uh, you are going so much, even if you surround yourself with where it doesn't even feel like you're necessarily that odd or that revolutionary, you are in comparison to the people around the, you know, the rest of the world. And, uh, so the people that go down this path tend to be, uh, folks that, that are a little bit more just, I'd say brave and just, just like, and, and then some people, you know, and I work with a number of people that have been forced to really give this a shot because they don't have anything else. You know, when uh, Arnold Eret discovered the prince, some of the principles of fasting on himself, he did so when he was at the end of his rope. Uh, he was, you know, deathly ill, and he's like, okay. I'm just gonna stop eating, and he ended up starting to heal as a result of stopping eating. Okay, so that brings up my next question. How much of fa- how much does fasting play a role in the healing system? Is it is it just the food or like how much fasting are we talking about here? So, Eric's methods of fasting as his version of the book is called rational fasting. So, he makes the uh, you know the argument or the thing to say look there's a lot of people that try to go too long or try to push themselves some people it works for them but his recommendation is start off slow and master the, the short-term fasting periods and so uh two to three day or he might even say we'll start off with a 24-hour fast or maybe start off with a two to three day fast so he's talking water fast juice fast dry fast what kind of fast we're we talking two to three days he in the in his book, he mainly is really talking about juice fasting, which surprises some people. Some people think he's talking about water fasting. And this is a, one of these things where when he talks about the fasting that he did, where he did the 40 day fast, he did uh, he did water fasting uh, that you and you would, to know that you would have to look at some other documentation. There's some other things that aren't translated into English that he wrote uh, about some of that stuff, those kind of details. But when he's recommending, he has a, a section in the Mucus's Diet Healing System that's called fasting drinks. And one of the drinks is uh, either like honey, lemon. I know like hardcore vegans, that, that ain't, that'll be out. But he recommends uh, honey, water, and lemons. So that's like the Eret Lemonade. Or you can use, he, he recommends brown sugar. You can, you know, use some other uh, kind of sweetener. You could also just juice about four or five apples and, and a couple lemons, and that's a great lemonade. Uh, but you could do a lemonade. You can do fruit juice, and uh, and so those are the two main things that he recommends. Uh, then he said, if you're doing a longer fast and you want to stay in that liquid space, uh, then you could do uh, vegetable broth, where you would. Uh, boil some some vegetable scraps this is actually something good to do if you juice a lot of vegetables and you want to find something to do with your uh with your pulp uh if you boil it in a, in a bunch of water you can freeze it now if you want to and then, and then boil it later 
uh, in some water and, and come up with this vegetable broth. Uh, so that's an option. So he, he basically he gives you different options and and uh, and then like I said, kind of gives you that. OK, do two to three days and go with it. Now, in my concept conception, what that basically does is it, as you do the short term periods and you really learn how to control where you you want to transition in and out of the fasting and break the fast properly. That kind of information is a book. Very important. I mean, a fast is really only as effective as how well you break it, in my opinion. And so you learn how to master this process. And then sooner or later, your body is going to go through uh, an elimination or what some people would call a healing crisis where you get the cold and the flu like symptoms and all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's nice about this path is once you go through some of those things early on, you don't go through that, uh, <laughs> you know, like where maybe you used to get sick a couple times a year. Now you go whole years and you never, you know, don't get sick at all. Uh, and, but it all depends on how you're practicing and what you're doing. But in the beginning, and from time to time, you will go through these eliminations. And like I said, I look at it as a good thing. Uh, but when you do hit a period where you end up going through elimination, then if, if you already have your fasting skills together, then you can immediately jump into fast. And that's when, for me, that's when the longer fast start to really come to fruition because your body is telling you to keep going. Because and, and it's funny because I've, I've worked with different people and they'll they'll be gung ho to fast when they're feeling good. And then as soon as they start going through elimination, they, they kind of get a little bit like, you know, wait, oh, wait, whoa, wait a minute. And I'm like, now this is what you've been preparing for. This is when it's the whole point, right? This is the whole point. Yeah, this is when things get real. And so you and, and so your body might tell you to at that point, maybe you that's how you fast a couple weeks or a month you know your body starts telling you uh to to really stay in there okay so one quick question what what are some of the most important things to break a fast like what what would you say are some just like really important tips a couple quick ones so it depends on your on your physiology and if you're just starting out and say you ate a just a standard american diet or a standard canadian diet or whatever uh you probably want to break your first fast with uh, with vegetables, and Eric's got a couple different uh, combinations in there. But uh, this is the raw salad. You don't want to eat mucus forming items, so you want it to be mucus free as much as possible. Uh, so you could you know choose a salad, something like that, and you want it to go through uh, uh, your system as quickly as possible. Uh, and you know, you don't want, because you got this, these toxic waste uh, during the fasting process started to come to the surface. And so you want something that's going to act as a broom to kind of go through you. Now, if you're a little bit cleaner, then you want to break your fast with fruit. And after, I would say, you know, a year or how, you know, after a while, you always would want to break your fast with fruit. You know, I never break it, my fast with vegetables, uh, anymore, but uh, and so those are the two main ways. But the, the key principle is keep it mucus, totally mucus free. So that's not a time to experiment with what Eric calls the mucus lean items, which are 
just mucus forming, but they're cool for transitional purposes. Uh, but that's not the time to be messing with those when you're when you're breaking the fast. You want to, uh, you know, do the fruit or the vegetables. If you're craving foods like you're craving mucus forming foods and stuff, then you might want to break it with vegetables because that's going to neutralize some of that toxic waste a little better and uh, hopefully give you that give you your control back because you, you don't want to lose control. That's the main thing. You don't want to fast too long to where you're losing control when you come off of it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, another quick question just backtracking a bit. We talked about some things that you've seen. Have you seen anyone able to grow their hair back? Like, I know Eric talks a bit about that in one of his books about uh, growing back, you know, hair and, and um, almost like getting younger type thing, more more um, vitality. Is it possible? Yeah. Have you seen anyone grow hair back or? I mean, I haven't seen someone that was that was like totally bald kind of grow, grow, grow it all back. So no that chance. doesn't mean it's uh, that, that doesn't necessarily mean mean anything. It's, you know, we have. I, I called it in, inherited weaknesses. Uh, I think the mainstream term is genetic weaknesses or issues. So they're still connected to constipation. And we and and Eric says that all diseases, the foundation of all diseases, is constipation. Talking about cellular constipation, not just the bowels. And so, at, over time, over you know generation after generation after generation, these traits that are passed on are based on various forms of constipation and so where there might i might have a particular weakness and maybe you can't see my weakness or something but uh where somebody else might have a, a hair issue or, or some some other issue a skin issue everybody has their issue and some are i've seen are easier to handle than others uh skin issues seem like i mean they're almost some of the easiest stuff to to handle with the mucus's diet because most of people uh, that are having some of these skin allergies and stuff. If they're eating mucus forming foods, all they got to do is stop eating the mucus forming foods and their skin starts clearing up uh, and that kind of thing. Now the hair changes. My, my hair changed when I started the diet quite a bit where it, it, it got really, really soft and just uh, all over my body that the hair, the hair that I had just got real soft, almost like like, like baby hair or something there it was so that was an, that was an interesting observation now i notice now over the past couple years it, it's it's getting a little little bit firmer but it's still it's not as soft as it was back you know, back then but there there did feel like a period of rebirth where i was i was almost if you, if you compare my before and after picture it's like i mean some people think i i look uh, that i look I looked older when I was 18 than I look now, even. Now. Yeah, you're going to have to send me those pictures so I can. I can yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So, um, one one more question. Um, and then we're, we're going to have you back for sure. We're going to talk a lot. We've got lots to talk about. But so, what are some of the most common mucus free foods that you like to cook with? Like, what's what's your. What does a day What does a day for you look like? How do you eat, pretty much? And what are the, the your most favorite foods to to you have in your kitchen? Okay, so I tend to do. Uh, Aaron has a default menu, which is fruit in the afternoon and and some kind of vegetable meal in the evening. 
now that you got to read the book because it's not that simple in terms of the transitional kinds of things. And that's what kind of makes this sometimes hard to explain because it's a it's a systematic transitional process. And so I might have plateau points where I eat a certain way for a period of time. But part of the transition is to change where if you've been eating with fruits in the afternoon and salad in the evening for a while, you might want to change that up every once in a while and put vegetables in the afternoon and fruit in the evening, you know, and that's part of the transition. But for me, I tend to have fruit in the afternoon and have a vegetable meal in the evening if if I'm eating, if I'm not fasting, if I'm in the eating kind of mode. You, or I'm, you fast how often right now on, on average you fast? It's been it hasn't been super consistent. Like I fasted a lot at the turn of the year. I mean, I fasted several weeks uh, going, I think, two weeks in January. Like, do you do like a weekly, like one day a week you're doing a fast, anything like that? Or is it more like once in a while you do a longer fast? I, uh, I've, I've, I've kind of done all those different variations over the years. So there's been times where I would fast once or, you know, one or two days a week. And I kind of had that kind of thing going. So go with your intuition, right? So just when you feel it, just go for it. If you feel a day, go for it. Yeah, And sometimes it, yeah, if if I'm, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm going to start a creative project, I, I, my body kind of naturally goes into a fasting mode, uh, and so it has been turning into more of a thing that I do uh, for lo- longer fast, uh, a little less often, I guess, uh, over the past past couple years. And then I usually will a couple times a year I hit pretty long fast. But uh, now but I've went in the past. I went <laughs> I mean, and I know you, you just did the long fast. I mean, I, I went uh Three years in a row, I did a six-month-long juice fast, Whoa. like year after wow. year. Wow! Uh, and those, you know, those were like these intensity days when I was, and, and that's when I really learned. I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that I, you know, that I, I got you because you learn so much when you're going through that. So that, that's a that's a that's we'll go there next, just really quick. So on the longer fast or in general. How did your spirituality change compared to how you were before? Any changes? Like, were you always a spiritual guy, or did did something evolve as you change your diet? As far as like, you know, spirituality stuff like that. Any- yeah, uh, it, it it evolved tremendously. I was a seeker and uh, somebody that just asked the questions that the that you're not supposed to ask. You know. Uh, uh, you know, the philosophical kind of questions. And I was interested in, in philosophers and what they had to say. But then I would kind of st- kind of studied everybody that I came across that I thought had interesting ideas across the board. And so sometimes it was theologians and other times maybe it was some new age kind of philosophers and other times it would be, you know, so I kind of just was open to all of these different areas uh, and I started to get into various forms of meditation. When I, before I uh, started the diet, I um, uh, I had actually uh, had gotten into a Kriya Yoga. I, I had studied uh, uh, autobiography of a yogi, a Yogananda. And that, it's, it's that, book, of, that book yeah. has been coming up this week like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. I'm, with the, I'm with the guy today who's a Kriya Masters teaching – I have, I have that audio audible book in my car right now. He was telling me about it. You're talking about it. I was ringing in tools of Titans. Like, 
right now that book is like everywhere in my face so it's like <laughs> the universe yeah. is screaming at me right now it's like, like keep it out yeah keep doing it so I, yeah it's, it's in my car i'm listening to it but yeah yeah, yeah so that, and that it, it, yeah i mean and that was and that got me i mean and that was in high school i mean i was like my senior year of high school it was junior and senior year i was kind of leading a double life because on one hand i was doing the football player I mean I wasn't a football star but I've started I was a varsity player <laughs> you know and uh and so I got you get treated a certain way when you have that kind of like that status in high school thing so I was one way in that social sphere because I knew how you were supposed to act if, and at that time I wanted to be popular and all that kind of stuff and so it was kind of this persona I created within this high school sphere but then I was going home doing all this other stuff where, you know, studying, going online, because I just hit sort of, it was right when online was starting, everybody was starting to get it at their home. And uh, and I was going online and looking at and, uh, all these uh, different websites at that time. It was like something called Spirit Web and all this stuff had all these new age kind of philosophical stuff. That's when I, back when I did the, uh, uh, the mirror meditation where you go and you, you, you like look at your third eye in the mirror with a candle and you start to see your, your face morphing into these different oh, yeah. stuff, you know? So I, I, I kind of went through all those kind of different periods and then, but once I got into the fasting that pretty much opened the door and once the door is open wide enough, then it's open yeah. and have to constantly be because uh, a lot of people they want me to make a lot of spiritual videos where I talk about all the philosophies and that kind of stuff one reason that I avoid that is I I don't need validation a lot of the people that talk about their spiritual beliefs it's like they want validation they want people to agree with them or they're trying to whatever I could care less I don't I, I would rather people not believe what I believe you well, know and, and to that point too it's it's people got to find their own spirituality you know like if you if yeah. you're telling them, you know, that's what the church is telling them. Believe me, it's like no, no, go experience it for yourself. You'll, you'll it's the only way to really understand it, right? Is to have your own experience. That that's exactly it, and and I, I'm fir firm believer in that. Uh, and but yeah, I mean, just it's it's indescribable. I mean, on some of the those places that I went <laughs> mentally and, uh, cool. and spiritually. Just, uh, uh, and, and then the music, cause for me it combined with the music. And so every, when I'm playing music, it's, it's a meditation. And, uh, and so I was able to, uh, just go and, and not only that, but then I was around brother air and, and other people in the community at the time that were also doing these long fasts. So we had musicians on the bandstand that where everybody on stage almost is fasting and then long doing long fast. And so the energy of that, and that wow. was the vision for our band was, which uh, was a vegetarian band. And most of the people practice mucus diet healing system. And that we didn't plan that, but that kind of emerged as like, wow, we just realized that we had a band that had all these elements. And so, it became about the lifestyle and it, it became about uh, music inspired by this lifestyle to, to, and because you can't have a culture without art and, and without myth. You know, you don't have without myth and without art uh, and the storytellers you don't have. And so we were trying to create in, in creating a new 
nation of people, you know, a new culture, we had to say, okay, well, first we got to create the art. We, we got to create that, that basis. That's a missing component that I'd noticed for a long time. And some of the, uh, like some of the raw food circles and the, and the fruitarian circles and this kind of thing, it was like, uh, I didn't see any sophistication when it came to art and no one was talking about it. Everybody was talking about how many, miles they ran that day and that kind of stuff and like when i'm thinking i'm like well i i played my trombone for 12 hours straight uh so i yeah. mean that's my that's my running around the music block, you know yeah music's a whole nother level like like either you, you get it or you don't like when you're playing music it's it's something special it's it's almost spiritual in itself the 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 vibe the, the connection when you're playing in a band like fortunately enough i i played in a band for a little bit so there's those moments of inspiration where everyone's just on the same page and everything just clicks. And it's just like you're in a, you're in a different world altogether. And, and there's some sort of collective consciousness going on where you just all tap in. But I think that's okay. a whole other podcast altogether we can talk about. We could talk about <laughs> the, that. Yeah, the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a couple last questions to close off here. Um, if you had to say a percentage cooked versus raw in the mucus list, is there a percentage that you like to go by? It, it, it really depends on where you are with your transition. Uh, I would say more raw than cooked, definitely. Like where are you uh, at right now? What, what would you say in, in your own diet? You're, you're pretty advanced. Is that, that would you want to get to? Main- so I, I just go through different periods where I – my thing is I don't like to stay in one place for too long. So I hit a plateau point and then kind of change, change it, up. it up. So uh, so earlier this year, I had went – I mean the pretty much – June or not June, July, <laughs> January was mostly uh, that was mostly raw. And then I started getting into some steamed vegetables and more. You know, and so with when I have a that type of meal, it's probably and I, I never really think in terms of like, yeah, like quantifying things. But if I had to if I had to, I would say probably 75 percent raw in, in the meal and maybe and, and there's a method as well where. I don't. I never. St- I wouldn't start eating a cooked item first. So I start off with the raw salad, and I eat about twenty five percent of that, and then start to incorporate uh, cooked mucus free vegetables in into that. And so that helps it eliminate and, and keep things awesome. Yeah, uh, that makes you know, sense. Cool. So, uh, but the, so what's your uh, favorite go to meal then? What What's your favorite? Is it like? Sweet potatoes and salad. What's what's the mucusless? Well, I mean, well, main event. Saturday I mean, my, night. my I mean, my 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 go to meal. I mean, you you you're probably asking about my go to vegetable meal because if it's just a go to meal, that right now it's mangoes because it's it's basically whatever fruit is ripe, tasty, and in season. So this past couple weeks, I've eaten uh nothing but pretty but mangoes and uh and oranges and uh and that has been my my afternoon meal and then in the evening uh i just basically a salad <laughs> just my my salad there i i have a but you know the different ingredients that i put in my salad uh and then i might change up the vegetable uh for my do collard greens one day and then uh I, uh, squashes are something that I like people to experiment with because they uh, especially when you're in the beginning if you cook them properly they're basically mucus free but uh they can be very satisfying yeah and so uh 
so yeah, so I like like a little bit of that. How often uh, how often would you see you get sick now since you've uh, gone a mucusless? I it's weird because I there's times when I want to get sick, like I want to get cold and flu like symptoms to just speed something along, and it doesn't happen. Uh, I would say maybe once a year I will go through maybe some cold and flu like symptoms. Uh, sometimes, uh, what, what, what I've tried to actually do is learn how to almost bring it on. Like what, what do I have to do? H- how aggressive do I have to be in order to trigger an elimination so that I could actually con- basically totally control it? Because what kind of been happening is unless I do that, unless I be, you know, very aggressive, at a certain time and it also even the weather outside has to do with it. If I'm aggressive at the right time, then I can maybe trigger some cold and flu like symptoms. And so, so I'm, I'm kind of a someone, you know, since I don't run from that, I like to experiment. And that's actually, and that's in the spirit of professor Arnold Eric. It's, I don't recommend it to anybody or, or in general, but uh, one story about Eric uh, he he tried to put himself around uh, these, uh, uh, these some of these real dangerous illnesses to see if he could get it and eliminate it. He never could get it, you know. And so, yeah. so that's so that's that's a thing because that's one thing. I it never seems to be dictated by I can be around sick people and all this kind of stuff where people are, oh contagious. I don't have nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, there's a whole other germ theory out there. That That's another podcast altogether. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Awesome. Okay, so um, so if people want to get in touch with you, where's the best way to uh, contact you? So go to uh, mucusfreelife.com and on the menu you'll see contact us. And so you can go there, send me a message there. That goes to my email. Uh, I have Professor Spira. A Facebook page, and we have Professor Arnold Mucus's Diet Healing System Facebook group, and uh, and if you want to join that, send me a message through the website because uh, we have a lot, we got a lot of people that want to join, and I have to kind of let people in slowly. But if someone contacts me, I go ahead and let them in uh, right away. Well, thank you so much, brother, for all this information. We'll definitely be in touch. I would love to work more closely with you and help in bringing these some of these things to you know the people that live around where I live. Um, and through the internet, I'm hoping we can just spread the message, uh, loud and clear and far and wide. So, um, thanks for the work you do. It's very important at a time where, you know, the world really needs it. So, um, we'll have you back on for sure. I, I, I can feel it already. And, and whenever you want, please come to Toronto, come hang out at our retreat center and we can talk more about ideas on how we can, you know, spread this message even further. Yep. So th- 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 yep. th- thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. So we're back, and uh, what did you guys think? Professor Spears, an awesome guy, he's doing some great work, and highly recommend giving the mucusless diet a try. It's not easy, so you know, just transition slowly. Um, he talks about you know almost like a two-year or longer transition um, with fasting, with all of these changes, because you gotta you know, remember it took such a long time to sort of get our bodies to the state they're in now. So it's gonna take a long time to get them back into that optimal um, health and wellness state. But it is possible and um, it's all up to you. So, you know, make that investment in yourself. Try something. Maybe it's not for you, but you won't know until you try. Um, so, yeah, 
that being said, um, we're signing off here. Please keep in touch. www.thewaywithin.me, the new website should be out uh, very, very soon if it's not out already by the time of this podcast, please. And um, yeah, just stay in touch. www.thewaywithin.me. I said that already. G at thewaywithin.me. That's what I meant to say. It's my email address. Shoot me an email. Connect on Facebook. We now have over 800 members in our community. Um, and the community is all about just supporting each other on our journey through life, finding ourselves, the things that work, the things that don't. Um, it's the Way Within community on Facebook. Instagram as well. However, you guys want to reach out, send me a message, say hello. I love to hear from you guys. Have an awesome day. Oh, before I forget, uh, I just want to end with a moment of gratitude. So what are you grateful for today? What's that one thing that um, you can think of, the first thing that comes to mind that gives you gratitude? So let's try to find at least one thing every day, a moment of gratitude. So take 5, 10 seconds now um, and just focus on what that gratitude is and just be grateful to have that in your life. Um, I'm grateful for all of you guys listening and tuning in and connecting and inspiring me to uh, just create more awesome content. All right, guys? See you later. Peace.